Good morning, and welcome to the Jeff Gregory Podcast Show. I haven't done a podcast in a few weeks. We've had some busy times, you know, with the church and camping and, you know, things like that. But today I just kind of felt like I wanted to do something. Uh, I didn't really have a great topic. I was kind of jotting down some stuff last night and this morning, you know, things ranging from, you know, talking about dreams that I have, uh, the devil, uh, 9-11, and then, you know, this being the Suicide Prevention Week, you know, on Tuesday was National Suicide Prevention Day and things like that. So we'll just kind of ramble a little bit, see if we can make sense. If not, I'll delete this. You'll never hear it. So um, on Tuesday, it was, you know, this National Suicide Prevention Day. Uh, that pastor had, you know, committed suicide who was a big advocate for trying to get people help and you know, those kind of stories are just sad. You know, I just think that, you know, anytime somebody that they commit suicide, it's just a sad situation. You know, I I feel like I can talk about this because, you know, I, I love my mother. She committed suicide. And then speculation that my father committed suicide. You know, I do believe that dad was murdered. I don't believe that his suicide. But, you know, it is what it is, so I feel like that I can talk firsthand on this because of the things that we lived through, me and my sister, and, you know, as far as our home life went with our mother especially, you know, I don't believe that, you know, suicide is one of those unforgivable sins, you know, I've heard different people say different things, I believe partly that, you know, like our preacher said, that it's a mental illness, um, it's one of those things, though, that if you see somebody that's struggling and you know that, you know, they're at rock bottom, that is always something to look for uh, to make sure that, you know, they're mentally stable, they're, you know, mentally functioning okay. Um, my wife kind of checks in on me a lot, you know, to make sure that I'm okay. And, you know, I have a terrific wife when it comes to just about everything in life that we do together. And, you know, her just kind of checking in because, you know, like I said, you got a family of some mental illness, things like that. So you want to make sure your husband's okay. And, um, but I'm the opposite, you know, uh, when it comes to suicide, I, I don't want to die. Like I'm to the point where I'm like a, a life hypochondriac, you know, anytime I get the sniffles or like any kind of things that bother me physically, I, I kind of freak out because, you know, I don't want, I'm one of those people that like, I enjoy my life. Uh, I'm very content with what I have, um, you know, I have a job that, you know, is tough, but I really do enjoy what I do. I get to work with children every day that need me more than, you know, some children would need a teacher. And and then I have, you know, a truck that I love and I have, a, you know, a house that I really like. It's in the woods. It feels like we live in Gatlinburg. You know, we have a lot of cool wildlife in the area. I have two amazing kids that are just, you know, nuts, but they're mine and they, they act just like me. I mean. I sometimes I feel bad for Christy because I'm like, man, she has to put up with three of me every day. And it's just, it is what it is. So I'm the opposite when it comes to suicide. Like, you know, my mother, you know, she had tried to do it several times, you know, in her life before she actually did commit suicide. I remember the summer before she died that, you know, we, we she was missing and we didn't know where she was. And then she'd come home and, you know, threaten suicide or attempt suicide and she'd be in the Parthenon. And we'd go visit her, and she'd, she'd fake her way out of it because that's kind of how Sheila was. She was a very uh, manila, 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 manipulative person. That's a tough word for me with a speech impediment. 
but that's kind of how my mother was, and I mean, she could kind of talk her way out of anything, and you know, uh, but at the same time, you know, she she had a very tough mental illness, and you know, sometimes I wasn't sure she was faking it, you know, to get attention, um, because the way she would act around different people, but at the end of the day, I know that Sheila, you know, she had a mental illness, and you know, that kind of leads me into the devil. You know, I was I was calling, talking to Scott this morning on the way to work, and you know, and I asked him, you know, we've, you know, with some of the new deacons, there's been some things going on in their lives. You know, uh, one person's, I believe, it was his grandfather passed away, and another person's dad's in the hospital, and you know, some some health issues and places and things like that. You know, I asked him if that was all coincidental or if that was more something that the devil kind of does. You know, like I know that with my mom, I felt like she was very involved with, you know, like things of the devil, you know, I could just looking back and reflecting, I could see how she lived her life and things like that, that, you know, I'm not going to say she was possessed because I don't know that much about possessions and things like that, but it felt like the devil kind of controlled, you know, a lot of Sheila's actions and emotions and things like that. And he threw out a good verse and, you know, this is a verse that I've heard a lot growing up, you know, especially when you talk about the devil, it's John 10, 10. You know, it says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And, it's a, and Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You know, that's what the devil does. Uh, I think a lot of times he uses, or the devil tries to use my fear of death to dictate, you know, me not living life to the fullest. You know, especially whenever I feel like there's something wrong physically or emotionally that, you know, I become reclusive and I kind of push things away. I push people away. And, you know, I'm not living life to the fullest. You know, I think that, you know, Jesus wants us to live life to the fullest. You know, why else would you want to be a Christian if you're going to be miserable? You know, that's not that's not how religion is supposed to work. You know, religion is supposed to make you better. You know, I Christy made me a shirt that I really loved. I wear it a lot. Uh, I wear it to church a lot and I wear it at different places. And it says, like, you know, the church is not... A museum for Christians. It's a hospital for the broken. And that is a lot of how I believe, you know, John 10, 10, the devil's trying to hurt us. I mean, he's trying to, he's trying to kill us. He's trying to destroy us. He's trying to make us, you know, break. And that's not what we're supposed to do as people or even Christians, you know. Um, so I don't ever want anyone to think that, you know, when something's going wrong in your life, that it, that's just okay. You know, you know, you ask for prayers, you seek counsel from other people. You know, one thing that I do a lot is, you know, I bounce stuff off my wife because, you know, I can get tunnel vision on my emotions. I get irritated and irrational and things like that at times. And, and it's not right. You know, sometimes I have to sit back and say, Hey, am I, am I dying? And Christy's like, no, you're not dying. She's like, I'd let you know if you're dying, you know, and it's just one of those things that I have to put faith in God, you know. Stop dwelling so much on what's going on, you know. Just dwell what God has planned for me, you know. And I believe that God has a sense of humor because I am a stressing person. Like, I stress over a lot of things. And a lot of times I stress over stuff that never happens. I make up these scenarios that I'm like, you know, you know, right now on Friday, I got to go to have an ultrasound on my leg because there's like a, a knot there or, you know, something. And, 
You know, in my mind, I'm like, oh, no, it's cancer. It's a blood clot. You know, I don't even know what it is. And I'm making the, it could just be a muscle. I could just have some kind of random crazy muscle in my right leg. And, you know, and but in my mind, I'm already 10 steps ahead into the negative. And that's not what God wants me to do. He wants me to put my faith into him and let him take care of it, you know. Um, well, you know, one of my favorite verses, especially uh, when Jim Kelly was having his struggles, you know, Jim Kelly's the football player and played for the Buffalo Bills. He's one of my favorite players ever. He was a quarterback, four Super Bowls. But, you know, when Jim Kelly was going through cancer, he was having a lot of chemo and I mean, he had cancer, like he came back a couple times. And, you know, they were doing this Kelly strong thing and, you know, Jim Kelly is one of my favorite players, so I ordered a bracelet, and it had the, the verse Exodus 14, 14, and it says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. You know, that's one of those things that I have to remember as myself that, you know, it's a struggle. The devil wants one thing, and, you know, God wants one thing, and I want to be on God's side, and I can't let the devil dictate my emotions or my feelings or my worry, because all that does is take my focus off God, and so, you know, that's kind of going along with the suicide stuff. With my mother, it was a struggle, you know, to see what she was going through. But as an adult with children and life and, you know, the things that I've gone through in my life, then I, I get it, you know. It, but I don't believe that suicide is the right, right way. I mean, you don't take that way out because I could have I never imagined putting Jenna and Julie and Christy through the emotions that I felt when I lost mom and dad. Like, those are some of the emotions that, you know, I was so angry. There was a time in my life that I was so angry. Like, I, I would break stuff. I would punch stuff. I would scream. I would holler. I was just, you know, that is not what I would. And then I broke down. As I got older, I became, you know, I'd cry more. And I was like, this is not me, you know. It's easier to be angry than it is to show the sadness and emotion. And I never want my, my girls to feel that because, you know, I want to be that dad that, you know, when I'm with them or when I'm, I rush home every day to see them and I go to ball games and cheer practice and, you know, camping and playing cards on the table, Uno, whatever, you know, I want to be that, that my girls know that their dad is, you know, awesome and that he takes care of them and he cares about them, that, you know, it's not for show, and it's it is genuine, and you know all the the memories that we make and things like that, because that's what you know I I wanted as a kid. I don't I don't remember having a whole lot of those memories, you know, with my mom or my dad. Like the ones the memories of my mom, some of them were good, but most of them were 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 sad and negative and things like that. And and the memories of my dad, you know, the few ones that I have. You know, they were great, but at the same time, it was like the fear of never getting to see my dad. You know, mom was always threatening, you're not going to see your daddy. You know, I'm, I'm not going to let Jeff see you. He ain't paying child support or or whatever. And so the times I was with him, I was so stressed out, you know, and so anxious that, you know, it was, it was, it just wasn't fun because I was worried that this would be the last time I'll see my dad. This will be the last time I get to do stuff with dad. And, you know, I don't ever want my girls to feel that way. I want them to be like, hey, you know, that's my dad. We're going camping or daddy's a cheerleading practice or, you know. So got to get the devil out of your mind. You know, don't let him dictate you. You know, like I said, you know, thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. You know, don't let him do that to you. But moving forward, 9-11. You know, this is the, yesterday was the anniversary of the 9-11 tragedy. 
And everything I kept seeing on Twitter was like, where were you when it happened? I was a senior in high school. And I, I had an ag shop class. And every morning we watched the news. And we watched, you know, whatever came on TV next. Can't remember if it was Price is Right or whatever. But we always watched the news. And when it happened, we saw it live. You know, we were watching it. And it was like, you know, we saw the first plane hit. We saw the second plane hit. Um, I like, I can't remember the exact times. But the only ironic thing I remember about that day was, I guess a couple weeks before that, Coach Loxon was talking something about terrorism. We were talking about, you know, Oak Ridge and, you know, being so close to Arkansas and, you know, all those places that have, you know, the gold reserves and the nuclear plants and stuff. And, you know, what would happen if, you know, somebody tried to do something, blow up a building or whatever. And, and he had said something about the Twin Towers. And I, I didn't really know much about them at the time. And so it was kind of crazy that that was what happened. So, like, when it happened, I asked Mr. Baker, I said, can I go talk to Coach Loxon? I said, so I went and told Coach Loxon, and he, he turned his TV on. He was like, oh, my gosh. Because literally we had talked about that, you know, not in de detail or anything. I mean, I was only like 17 years old, but it was just kind of an irony thing that this really did happen. And, you know, I remember coming home from school and talking to my grandfather because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I didn't know if I wanted to go to college. Uh, I didn't know, you know, what was going to go on in my life. Um I know I wanted to do something, and I know that, you know, granddaddy was in the military, you know, mama's daddy was in the military, and, and all my uncles were, so that was like a big option for me, and I remember sitting on the back deck with granddad, and him saying, I do not want you to go to the military, and I was like, what? He's like, no, he's like, I do not want you to go, and so that just literally, I mean, it took away one of the options that I could have had, and but I respected my grandfather more than anything. And so, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't go. You know, I wouldn't mind going to the National Guards or something like that. But, you know, he was pretty abnormal about it whenever he said it on the porch. And, you know, I take my grandfather's word, you know, whenever he's had those conversations with him, you know, you know, as, as scripture. I mean, he's one of those guys that he's not going to steer you wrong. You know, he was, you know, an elder in the church. Uh, he was a very respected man, a police officer. You know, he's in the Army for 42 years. I mean, he's just one of those guys that, you know, if he said it, you know, it was, it was truthful. It was it was meant to be, you know, taken to heart. So I didn't, and I don't regret it because, you know, I love my granddaddy more than anything. Um, which leads me into the next part, dreams. I have a lot of dreams lately. Um, I don't know. I've always been a dreamer, even when I just kind of take a nap or um, lay down for, you know, nighttime rest. I dream all night long. And there are times that I can dream and go back into a dream, you know, after I go to the bathroom or something. And it's always been kind of like a love-hate thing because sometimes I think that I dream so much that I don't really get a restful night's sleep. And, but the other times, dreaming to me is like an adventure, you know. I see and get to talk to family that, you know, I miss, I guess they're on my heart or on my mind, you know, like I remember when my uncle junior died, you know, my aunt Moni's husband, um, something came up one time about a chain. Like he, they said that I, he let me borrow a chain. I didn't give it back, but I know I didn't borrow a chain from my uncle junior. But anyways, right after uncle junior died, you know, I missed him cause he was funny. Um, you know, like to deer hunt and things like that. And we had a lot in common, like guns, uh, and he was just one of those guys that was, you know, always had a great sense of humor. 
And for the first few months after he passed away, and even every now and then sporadically, I dreamed about him. You know, I dreamed about a chain or I dream about, you know, going to visit. We're having, working on my truck or whatever. And those kind of things were, were really nice to me. I think that's just one of my ways, my, my mind's ways of grieving, you know. And that happens a lot with my grandfather. Like different times of the year, I guess when, you know, granddad's on my mind, I dream about him a lot. Um, you know, to the point where a few years ago I had to have a procedure done. They put me to sleep. And and I guess that I thought granddaddy was still alive because when I woke up, I was looking for him. And, you know, he had come to pick me up from the procedure and, you know, it kind of upset Nanny because she, you know, she was with Christy whenever they took me to have this done. And, and but I, and like I said, he was with me and it was kind of, kind of nice. Like, I don't know if that, you know, is possible. I'm not one to interpret it dreams or, or whatever, but I do enjoy those times where I get to visit loved ones, you know, and then I have the ones of my mom and dad where they're not really dead. It's like, Hey, where you been? You know, and dad's like, Oh, I've been working somewhere. And it's like, you know, what the heck? And those dreams are kind of cool too, because, you know, the memories of mom and dad, the, the good memories, a lot of times I dream about. I don't really have as many, you know, nightmares about mom and dad anymore. I, it's more the good things like they just show up at Christmas or one dream I had a few months ago, I wrote down because I got to school and I, it was just on my mind. And, um, and we were at Thanksgiving and mom and dad showed up and it was super cool because, you know, I just, I missed them, you know, I mean, they came to Thanksgiving and it was like they were, you know, family was back together. And so those are just kind of some kind of the dreams I have. Um, I enjoy it. Like I said, sometimes it's a love hate thing because I'm exhausted after dreaming or I'll dream stuff about like I'm in college and I still haven't passed the test and then I'll take away my teacher license. You know, those kind of dreams suck, but you know, I wake up and I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. That was a dream. Right. Right. I failed a class because I didn't go because I didn't know I had the class, you know, those kind of dreams. And, <clears throat> but that's just kind of the, the things that I have on my mind to think about <clears throat> moving forward. Uh, this weekend we have, cheerleading and a game uh, we play against Joe Burns I haven't been to Joe Burns in, in at least you know 15 17 18 years like I haven't been to that school in so long that you know it's going to be kind of cool to go back and see you know the, the, what the what's changed and what's the same and you know it was one of those things that growing up you know Joe Burns was our rivals and you know we're, my girls play for White House or cheer for White House so it's you know it's cool to go back and you know see those those teams that we played against growing up and you know, might run into somebody I know, and those those things are fun, too. Uh, Alabama plays South Carolina. You know, at South Carolina, that's going to be a good game. Uh, Saban is undefeated against former assistant coaches. He's never lost a game against any of his former coaches, so that's going to be kind of fun to watch him versus Will Muschamp. Um, I'm not expecting a blowout. I really am not. Uh, South Carolina has, like, you know, I think the second overall ranked offense in the SEC. Um they're ranked first in rushing, um, pretty solid defense. So it's going to be interesting to see how Bama adjusts. You know, I know we played Duke the first, you know, game of the season. And, you know, Duke, you know, transitioned to a new quarterback. And then, you know, Bama went in 42-3. to And then last week, you know, New Mexico State, you know, it wasn't a pushover game, but it wasn't, you know, a game that you expected Alabama not to blow out a team. So, you know, this is your first week of SEC play for Alabama, so I'm looking forward to seeing, um, you know, what can happen. But 
you know, like I said, keep calm and roll tight. I got my shirt on today. Uh, tomorrow I go for my ultrasound on my leg. And I'm going to take the day off because my ultrasound is like 10 in the morning. And we'll be able to get back to school for half day. And maybe run over to Thomas Drugs and eat with my wife and, my, and Julie. And, you know, just spend the day with my girls. So, hope everyone has a good weekend. Uh, sorry I haven't posted anything, you know, in the last couple of weeks. But I'll try to stay on top of that. If I ramble too much, just give me a comment. Say, hey, you ramble too much. Uh, but if you like it, please share it with your friends. You know, uh, nothing I say on these podcasts is meant to hurt feelings or is meant to, you know, make anybody upset. Or if you're not a religious person, it's not meant to, you know, bash you over the head with a Bible or anything like that. But uh, I just hope that everyone has a good week and I will talk to you soon.